The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. Welcome everyone back to another edition of the Pennsylvania High School Football Report here on penlive.com. Got a little bit of a different episode this week. I'm Brian Linder, and I'm joined by Eric Kepler. And Eric, it's all-star season. Um, mm-hmm. We've done a ton of all-star teams on Penn Live for all our sports. Uh, I put together that all-PA team we did that er- uh, earlier in the week. I think last week, actually. It's all running together. Yep. Then we did the all-mid-pen team come out. And today, I wanted to get you on here and talk to you because you've been working on the Riders All-State team as well. Uh, we talk about you know, all these all-stars some too, but this Riders All-State team, I think there's always a lot of conversation that that goes on out there, you know, about how this all comes together and all. And 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 I know you're behind the scenes talking to a lot of the writers and stuff like that and gathering it all up. And uh, so we just wanted to talk about how this all comes together and how, how we get end up with these uh, Riders All-State picks, man. What do you think? Yeah, this is back in the day. This is this was started basically by the Association Pre- Associated Press. Uh, I'm going to guess, I think it was late 60s, early 70s. So it even predated by, you know, a good dozen, 14, 15 years. Uh, you know, the PIAA dishing out the first state championship, which is 1988 uh, when that happened. So um, it's been a long, long tenure uh, for that. Somewhere around, I guess, when everybody started squeezing, um, uh, you know, and, and looking into couch pillows for every nickel in our industry and sort of shaving it down, the Associated Press decided to uh, give it up uh, right around 2007, 2008. Um, everybody remembers those, uh, those days when, with the housing crisis and everything. So, uh, so basically, uh, we at Penn Live took it over. Uh, my former colleagues, um, Rod Frisco and Andy Shea and I basically took it over in 2008, um, to continue the tradition and, um, and we went from there. So basically the process is, is a lengthy one, but it, it takes about three weeks, three and a half weeks, uh, to go through it. And essentially every writer from across the state is asked to, is asked to basically nominate players that they feel are deserving. Uh, the format has changed a little bit uh, in the past, where, where it used to be a first team, a second team, some honorable mention picks. We essentially tightened that up to include one team, um, anywhere from we like to cap right around thirty-five players, and that's your all-state team. So we sort of made it a little bit more um, difficult to make because uh, we felt, obviously, you know, to, to be called an all-state player, you got to be the best of the best. Um, it, you know, not only in your neck of the woods, but to go up against everyone else across the state. So the, basically the writers from across the state will nominate players. They will send nominations into me. I will take all them, format them, put them into classifications. And you know, as well as I do, Brian, in high school football, you know, you have a lot of great two-way players. And sometimes three-way and four-way. They're kick returners. They're punt returners. Sometimes they're specialists, kickers and punters. So there's a lot of guys. So basically, I will put them on a ballot uh, within each classification. 
and basically try to assess where every kid's best chance would be to get selected. Um, we talk about Pennsylvania football a lot, you and I, um, and where what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And as you know, sort of the smaller classifications, we're always big on the running back linebacker combo. Uh, when you get up into some of the top top classifications, a lot of it's that quarterback running back hybrid, or it's a running back defensive end sort of uh, assessment there, sort of back and forth. So. Different classifications on different years, it's cyclical, and it could be a strength. So you could have 20 offensive linemen nominated in one year in, say, Class 2A, and maybe only 10 the next year. So that's how it goes. So that ebb and flow is sometimes difficult to kind of put guys um, where you think their best chance is. So basically, once the ballots are done, they're emailed back out to the writers, and the writers vote. They vote for their guys. We take two. Two sets of ballots per outlet if they want to send that many. Um, I know we do, we do too. I don't vote for us. As you know, you vote, Dan votes for us. Uh, and basically, once the votes come back all to me, I tally everything up and then start to sort of piece together the football teams. Um, the nice thing is, well, there's two things that, that I don't do I don't break ties. Uh, I build in a few wiggle room between that 35 to 40 man roster. So I don't break ties and inevitably there's always at least one tie in every classification at one of the positions. So if you get enough votes to qualify and tie, you're going on the football team. That's just how it is. I don't think I should be judging jury on who, who, who makes it, you know, who splits up a tie. Um, And another thing is that wiggle room to kind of make sure that if we have a large amount of quarterbacks or, say, running backs, we may be able to fill those guys in better to balance the football team as an offensive or defensive athlete or vice versa. So that's the sort of the end game um, that we're in right now. Um, most of the team, most of the votes, all the votes have been tallied. Uh, so they'll be, uh, we'll be ready to release the teams Thursday and Friday of this week. Everybody that goes on there, <clears throat> you know, I think it's key. Has been nominated by by uh, a writer, um, and I will say I I think it's probably become more challenging through the years because we have less writers. Well, it's true. It seems like we have um, you know the, during the season basically. Obviously, you know I do state rankings for the state, and um, you know I have those twelve to fourteen trusted guys who thankfully are still there. Uh, but yeah, there has been a lot of movement in and out. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth. I know. The, the initial emails, and I know I sent out a second set of ballots about 10 minutes after the first one and said, use these because an email had slipped through into the junk pile and got, you know, kind of got missed. So I had to add a few kids. So those sort of things happen uh, in this process. But you're talking about 80 to 85 writers from around the state. Um, obviously, uh, we'd like to be represented in all all pockets i mean you know we've got small we've got weekly papers uh on this list um we've got daily papers we've got three days a week papers um so and we've got some guys who run websites that do football nonstop. so um it's a really good representation of who covers what around the state and the nice thing too is you know there may be a pocket where they only see small school football and they don't have to vote 
you know, they can still nominate their kids. They can only vote in the classifications that they feel comfortable in. Uh, so we may get 50 uh, sets of votes in 6A and maybe we get 40 uh, in 1A. Well, it's usually it's usually it's usually the other way around. Um, but uh, but we get we do get enough representation in all six classifications to get an even even look at the state. Uh, and, you know, we do our very best to make sure that uh, the right kids are on the team. How many reporters do you think you had, though, when, when this started? When it started, uh, I, th- I would say you probably could bank on two per outlet. And you're probably talking 55, 60 newspaper outlets in the state. So you've probably lost. I mean, we. I'm just trying to paint a picture because it is difficult. And we have a lot of good guys who who chip in on this thing. and and put yeah. good names out there, but it's still, it's, we still don't have the same wealth of coverage. Is there an area of the state that you wish we had a little bit more? I know, I know we do a good job of putting this together. I feel like we do. Well, the biggest issue, the real, realistically, the biggest issue is Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia basically. And I don't want to, I, I, I was know. leading you there. Cause I, yeah. I feel like that's one of the biggest shames in the state is that some of our yeah. best talents in Philly and there's not a lot of people covering High school football in Philly. I mean, you, you know, there are some freelancers that are a part of this process that actually do cover, but they're covering LaSalle College. They're covering Imhotep. They're covering St. Joe's Prep, and they're covering Archbishop Wood. So some of these city league schools, you know, MLKs of the world and things like that, you know, you've got to dig. You've got to dig to make sure you've got, to, you've got guys on there. Now, we're lucky enough that we have some suburban um, writers that actually do dip into inner city. But um, but even the suburbs of Philadelphia are thin because everyone everyone has gone to you know to hiring freelancers, and um, you really have to watch during the year and collect emails, you know, and, and just say, all right, this guy's going to be on, he's going to get it. Um, but again, it, it, not not everyone participates, uh, you know, that's another thing. But we generally get that fifty to fifty five sets of votes. Um, across the landscape, which I think is a really good representation. But I think from 20 years ago, Brian, I, I, I'd say 20%. We've probably gone 20% down, you know? I think, like I said, I think I've I seen the ballots. I, my votes are in. And I think we do a pretty good job there. And, and, and we do dig on Philly. And I'm always watching Huddle Film and stuff. But that is, I kind of wanted to lead you there because I just I always try to make that, you know, Always, that's a big bugaboo, me in, in the state, and we are Penn Live, and I would love to be able to put a reporter there for us. Right. Um, but those kids, they go through a lot in Philly, man, and, and there's so much talent there that it's easy to hit the MOTEPs. It's easy to hit the St. Joe's Preps kids, and, 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 and it might be easier to overlook some other talented kids uh, on some of those other schools. So that is one area where I like to see. I, I mean, like I said, I think it's done pretty well. You're counting the votes right now, and we're going to start rolling these things out as we're, we're recording this. this Wednesday. They're going to start rolling out Thursday. I think three teams coming out tomorrow, um, mm-hmm. and then some more Friday, uh, the other three. Uh, you know, this podcast will come out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll post it after that last one goes up. Uh, anything sticking out in your mind as far as players, and, and, and what are you seeing in the votes, and maybe who – who are some of our players of the year and stuff like that? And, you know, what are we putting together right now? Ep? Well, I think, you you know, you do generally see teams that make that final four, final eight, t- t- tend to be heavy because 
those are some of the programs that not only the the writers that might not be able to see them during the year, like we obviously we get to see Bishop McDevitt, you know, who's for a reigning four A champions. Uh, you and I have seen them. I don't know, six, seven times during the season. And of course, rode them all the way through the postseason. We've seen Harrisburg in 6A multiple times. And not just you and I, but Dan and Nebby, you know, our guys, we've all put eyes on them. Um, you know, but those teams tend to get noticed, obviously, because they're there because they've got talent, but it's also, it's a little bit more open to, a televised game that some of these writers that may only see, let's say they may only see one, two or three classification football during the year. Now they can catch their eyes and, and catch a TV game. And particularly in the finals, when they go watch all six games on PCN and put their eyes on some of these, some of these six A and five A and four A programs. Um, so you do get, you do get a good smattering of that. Remember last year with Aliquippa, I think Aliquippa had eight guys on the all state team last year. Um, you know, that may be the case for Bishop McDevitt this year. Um, you know, Stone Saunders was just the quarterback for McDevitt was just named Max Preps PA player of the year. Um, obviously he's going to be in the running for player of the year. So those types of things, uh, I think are good that some of these guys that don't normally get to see them can see them, um, and see what it looks like because they just don't see it during the year. And again, if they're not comfortable voting for 6A, they don't have to. You know, that's that's one stipulation. You know, I'm not going to force guys to to vote in a class where they don't see them. And there's and there's several pockets around the state in that predicament. You know, now I will say this. The wiggle room that is built into the system that basically I've made is there is no wiggle room in 3A. 3A was loaded, loaded with nominations. Uh, I think if I count them, I'm just going to go off my head. I'm, I will count them a little later after this podcast to start the process of piecing them together. But there were probably 90 nominations, maybe 95 nominations in 3A. So that wiggle room to have 36 on the list that you're going to pick first, and maybe you've got two or three guys to play with, that's gone in 3A. That does not exist. So unless there are ties, there won't be more than 40. Uh, you know, uh, there won't be more than 38, 40 guys in 3A. It is a loaded classification. Again, I, I know these are embargoed. And so we'll, like I said, we'll get producer Megan to put this out after the last one goes up Friday. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I know you talked about 3A there. And I don't know if you have all the final votes, votes counted, but you and I were talking yesterday. It looked like one of the more interesting player of the year votes in 3A, right? I think. Yeah, yeah. Three A is definitely, um, you know, uh, one of those. Like I said, when it's when you're loaded with this much talent in three A. I mean, obviously, you know, Belverna coming out, they've got an unbelievable player, uh, you know, and Quentin Martin that got them to the final, got them a victory uh, against a Sean Battleless uh, Newman Gretty side, which was unfortunate. Obviously, did you see the film on that? What's that? Did you see the film with his inject, ejection? I did. I did. Yeah. I, I don't did. know about that, man. I, no, that's sketchy, I, man. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a let them play, keep it going. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't see much there. Um, so to 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 go with that right away and come out, I you know, again, I know it's I know it's a subjective call on their part, but you know, I I didn't see much. 
for the rest of that three A though, uh, you know that player to your vote. You talk about Quint Martin. Got some other talented guys that are right there in that mix. And I, I know I don't, I, I don't know if you've got all the votes counted. I know you were in the process of trying to put stuff together when you and I talked last night. Right. But I just it was a fascinating kind of vote for me. Well, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's a secret when you when you're talking about some of the guys who are candidates. I mean, we mentioned Quentin Martin. He's definitely a candidate for player of the year. We we mentioned, I believe, our player of the year on your team last week was Javen Williams, the offensive lineman for why I'm missing. I mean, there's a kid, obviously Penn State signed and delivered, and um, a tremendous athlete for his size. Um, got them pretty far again. I mean, they didn't get back to the final, but they were right there knocking on the door. He was the most explosive offensive lineman I've ever seen. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. Uh, there were two voters that actually underneath, and n- normally you don't get a lot of comments you know, after it's just the votes, it's, it's, it's sort of down and dirty. Who are you voting for? You don't need to tell me why. But, you know, I've had two writers that actually voted for him for player of the year um, early in the process and basically said he's the most explosive player, position player that they saw in 3A. So, um, you know, and, and he then those two are not the only ones that voted for him. So you get little comments like that. You know, obviously, he's an impressive athlete. And then you got a running back out west uh, in, in uh, Ethan Knox, who you did a story on not too long ago, uh, the running back for Oil City. Been who second in nation. Was a madman. You know, I think he had, uh, if correct me if I'm wrong, six or seven 400 yard games in a row. He broke Derrick Henry's uh, national record for 400 yard games. I think he had, I think it was six. Derrick Henry had like four, was like a national record of five. Yeah. Um, so he broke that and he finished, he ended up finishing second because some other kid went deep into the playoffs in his state, but he had like almost 3,600 yards rushing. He had an incredible year. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you're looking to in the, in the middle part of the state uh, at Jeff Hodstein, the, the quarterback for, uh, for Central. Central had a phenomenal year, semifinalist. Uh, Darnier made it to Cumberland Valley and for the final, uh, and he, he's the reigning player of the year uh, in 3A. So you've got a lot of these guys, and even even some of these guys that are mixed in at other running backs and quarterbacks, and uh, you know, loyal, you've got Loyal Sox, uh, Tyler Gies, tremendous player. So these are guys that are, are certainly in the mix um, in 3A for uh, the Hohenstein's a guy I keep comparing. I swear, if you turn on the film, there's a little Johnny Menzel to his game. He's he's not a big guy. He can run a little bit. And he, he throws it around. I mean, he's going to end up, I think, going to probably a smaller school. I think Penn State actually went and watched him throw or something last week. They 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 met up, but you know, if he was six three instead of five ten, you know, big yep. time. But I think he's still talented enough. To go somewhere, and, and and I think we've got offense coordinators and colleges that have have become better at using guys who are talented, but maybe sub six foot at quarterback. I think he could have a nice career somewhere. Um, and I'll just go back to Javen Williams again and say, guys, if you haven't seen this guy play, I don't know what he's going to do in college yet. He's probably got to get a little bit bigger because he's only like two eighty five, and he and I talked about that. Yeah, but you know the fact he's an offensive lineman getting player to year votes that doesn't happen a lot either. And that just speaks volumes to what's on film. I mean, some of his, I mean, he, you know, he, he really punished some kids out there this year. So, 
The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpasportsmed to learn more. If I, you know, I, I kind of want to tune in because we could talk about a ton of guys, but these different sort of player of the year type votes like this. Um, any other classifications as far as their player of the year votes sticking out to you with some guys that were maybe closer, some guys that are worth talking about here? Well, I will say, too, if we move up a class to, to, uh, to 4A, uh, we mentioned Stone Saunders uh, certainly being in the mix um, for player of the year. Uh, you know, we got to see we got to see the reigning player of the year in uh, in Tyke Hayes uh, in the final against McDevitt. Uh, obviously, he had another tremendous season. I think he was nineteen or nineteen hundred and fifty yards. Um, I think he probably broke. I think he did break two thousand uh, in that championship game. So he's another guy to keep to keep an eye on too um, in four A player of the year. But you know. Four A's pretty much uh, it, it was really top heavy, and I, we talked a little bit about that too. Um, but you've got also a kid named Rodney Gallagher, which you you're very familiar with, um, as a tremendous tremendous asset there, and um, and a couple other guys. I mean, Marquise Williams could be a player, uh, could player of the year candidate, uh, running back from Bishop McDevitt. Um, Riley Rebell, of course, put together one of the one of the more engaging and just explosive uh, he, championship games in that 4A final against Aliquippa. Um, he has received a few votes. Uh, Riley Robel was, well. was the MVP of the state championship weekend. I mean, he had, at all the games, he had the most dominant state title game out there. And, and maybe people don't talk about it like they should because he was a defensive tackle. Right. And he signed with James Madison. He's going to move to center, which I think is a heck of a move. Um, I mean, I, I could see him being a really nasty center, but he's a heavyweight wrestler up, and people just don't understand he's a different kind of cat. Like, I, you know, he he is an old-school alpha male type. He's going to, you know, he he wasn't going to let those big guys, the trench dogs. Right, yeah. Those big guys, he beat them up for Aliquippa. They don't want any more, you know, Riley Robel. So, you know, I could see that. And you talk about Storm, 54 touchdowns, five interceptions. He's only a sophomore. And you know what? The, the, the fun thing to know about him and like just where he's at and his development, he did throw three interceptions in that game. He had some passes that were not good passes in that game, and we talked about that. But that first play of the game, the 70-yard touchdown, yeah, was an ISO to the right. It was a run. He lines up. They've been seeing Aliquippa's defense all year, too high safety. And they line up, and Aliquippa puts eight in the box, zero coverage. He looks out. He's got Taki Hayes. On uh, on Tyshawn Russell, and he said, "You know, Taki, great running back, little stiff-hipped at corner." <laughs> he said so. Yeah. He audibles out of it, quick slant, seventy yards, and he has the freedom to do that. You don't see seniors up making calls that that easily and that fluidly. Like Wechter, Coach Jeff Wechter told me, he was trying to actually get an audible into Stone. But Stone didn't even look at him. He said Stone had already made the call. And yeah. uh, so, I mean, he's an impressive kid. And it, like I said, 54 touchdowns, five interceptions. It's exciting to see where he goes with it. Um, but, I mean, Marquise Williams, you talked about him, 1,600 yards, Minnesota commit. A lot of great players there. 
Yeah, um, and, you, and you just look too at, at the way uh, you know you know Saunders is over a hundred touchdowns two seasons. I mean that's on that's on. I don't know if anybody's done that. I mean it's it's just an incredible number to think about. I mean yeah okay he's 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 already at is he he's already probably at seven thousand yards or damn damn near seven thousand yards uh, and and over a hundred touchdown passes already at forty six, I believe uh, as a freshman. So yeah, and he's ahead of the game too as far as knowledge, obviously. You know, his dad being an NFL, uh, you know, an inside an NFL franchise, um, you know, that kind of knowledge and just the skill the guys the kid has, his size, the the arm. I mean, it's just really impressive to watch. He's he's made some throws this year that you're just like, okay, you, you know, you you can see it, you know that and that the throw he made against Man Up Central to me, uh, the 35 yard pass to Rico Scott, who just made an unbelievable catch to to get his feet down too. But he was in full he was in full stride running back in the end zone uh toward the back pylon into the wind. And you know how windy it was that that day. Uh I don't know, 25, 30 mile an hour wind in, into his face. And it was on a rope. And he was running to his right and he threw off his back foot. So it, it just he he he's made some amazing plays. Yeah, okay, yeah, he's had some interceptions, but I mean, <laughs> you know, which which quarterback has it? You know, I mean, it's well, he just, only threw five. He only threw five. Yeah, exactly. He threw five all year, and a couple of them he did. He thought, but you know what? Again, he was playing a really good team with defensive backs. Yep. Donovan Walker is a heck of a defensive back. Yeah. Brandon Banks is a great defensive back. They, I mean, they had some guys. You know, um, Nate Lindsay, who's Cam Lindsay's brother, he's going to play some level of college ball. Um, yep. So it wasn't like a you know a pushover secondary or anything. But you know, you brought up him and having a hundred touchdowns in two years. One of the neat things I think about this season that when we go back to the start of the season, we put Stone Saunders on the cover of our preseason edition with uh, um, Alex Irby, the Ohio's mm-hmm. quarterback. Those two combined, I believe, for like exactly 100 touchdowns. Yeah. Not bad pick. You know, he's a junior. I would think he's got to be in that running in 1A for the player of the year. How, how's that looking for him? I mean, we are Central PA. We are here in Harrisburg. He's kind of a local guy. So I wanted to bring that up because, you know, I would think he would be in the discussion there. Yeah, he's definitely in the discussion there. I mean, they they still have made such an impressive sort of um, how should I put this? Uh, just just sort of like every moment of their postseason was tense. You know, the Winberg game, fine, it was not. It was a blowout, start to finish, it was easy. But then you got to Canton, and then you've got the, their semifinal game, and it was last second touchdown, last second touchdown. And then you go to the championship game against a union team who was really a wild card. Nobody, you know, from Western PA even knew you union was until about week eight or week nine during the season. So you had that situation and he showed a lot of poise. He made one, you know, one bad throw, uh, I think, in, in the championship game. Uh, wasn't obviously his best in yardage, but, you know, neither was the weather. So he's certainly, you know, in the running for uh, for player of the year in single A. Uh, and then you've got, you know, then you've got a couple other guys. Um, Jalen Wagner, uh, it, it was is in the discussion um, for player of the year from uh, from Reynolds. They were a tremendous year. And then you've got some good like two way guys like Hayden Ward. Um, let me think who else. Uh, probably talking about. 
maybe John Schuster, the running back from Winbur, had a tremendous season. Um, he had a great still, career. He had a great career. I mean, he still had shut them down pretty good. But uh, but Schuster was their entire offense. I mean, if you remember Winbur, they they did not throw the ball. They did not throw the ball. They were going to try to beat you on the ground, and they beat most teams, but they they ran into a buzzsaw up at Cottage Hill that day um, against Steel High. So, so Alex Irby, yeah, is definitely one of the guys you have to look for uh, as potential player of the year uh, for 1A. Um, you know, 5A, you know, again, last impressions matter too. Uh, and they, I, I think they probably mattered on the if, – if you asked pretty much everybody across the state, uh, you know, Ryan Palmieri from Pine Richland was just unbelievable in that football game. And uh, I couldn't, you you can't really, you can't really find a fault in the way he plays the, the way he plays the game, which is almost as important as his talent and his skill. This is old school. I mean, literally it's like almost like a cliche, but his position's football player. Yes. Yeah. You know, you don't call him a quarterback. Don't call him a safety. He had 140 tackles. He had like 3,000 yards, or high 2,000, I think, combined offense. Uh, a lot of it just – I think he's a converted running back. A lot of it just snapping with the ball and letting him run with it. And mm-hmm. him lower – at 5'10", 170, there's a clip up of him, like an MOTEP guy who like fell down in front of him in the state championship game. I know you're laughing because you saw it. Yeah. And like he pauses and looks at him and just lowers his shoulder and runs over him like and into the ground – just because it, it was like a ram, just like he just yeah. wanted, you know, on, ironically, a Pine Richland ram, like he just wanted to run him over for no reason. Yeah, it was the possibility was there, so he figured he'd take it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the, You're right. That's the kind of player it is. Just, he, he, you know, he's a lot like, you know, he's a lot like Jakovic was when he was there. Uh, you know, Jakovic obviously had a different frame on him than Palmieri, but um, well, yeah, no, Jacobic, less, Jacobic, no less. 220 yeah. and could throw it 70 yeah. yards. This no kid less. 170 and will just <laughs> run over Division One players yeah. because he gets a chance to. Yeah, no less heart and and, and just 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 a uh, just wanting to win. You know, just just to, just an absolute mm-hmm. gamer. And um, so uh, yeah, I I would anticipate that uh, Palmieri is going to have a good day. As the kids but, say, uh, yeah. and I'm 39 now, and I feel old saying something. As the kids say, he's a dog. Okay. Yeah, he he's is got a dog. dog in him. You're right. He's a dog. Yeah, if we move up, if we move up to six A uh, again, uh, last impressions are important. Um, you got to talk about Samaj Jones, the quarterback for St. Joe's Prep. I mean, just the way he, just the way he commands, he commands the huddle. He's so he's so well respected as not only a player but just just a just a teammate. Um, he's a guy that 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 I think he's, you know. Well deserving, uh, if it does come to fruition, that he's player of the year. Um, but there's some competition there. Um, there's a lot of a lot coming in. Let me put it th- that way on uh, York running back Jaheim White, um, who has done tremendous things for that program. I think he was the best running back in the state this year. Really, just just you know. That program struggled and struggled and struggled for years and years and years. And he was one, he's been one of the guys to kind of keep it in the conversation, keep it in the conversation for not only, you know, uh, you know, we were talking about him as them as being the wild card in district three. Um, you know, if they could just get by, it just so happened that they ran into central York in this, in the, 
you know, in the first round, which was the quarterfinals, um, and played them, played them tough again. And it was a, it was a one score game. So, and then you've got, you know, our, the guy that we've saw all year, just, just go above and beyond and Kyle Williams, the, the versatile Harrisburg senior temple recruit or temple signee. And, um, you know, who got Harrisburg back to the championship round. I mean, he really, he, there were times during the season that, you know, guys were banged up and Kyle Williams was the guy that put, put Harrisburg on his shoulders. And, uh, one of those times where you literally could see the guy decide they weren't going to lose a game. You know, that yep. college was one of those, you know, they were, they were down seven to nothing at halftime and Kyle just said, we're not losing and, uh, showed a lot of heart. He's a great kid too. Um, you know, so and and he, you know what, they got beat up by St. Joe's Prep, but he he had a good game in that. One. I will say, and I don't have a problem divulging this, that I did vote for Samaj, and only because as player of the year here, only because I I hate to keep like putting him in a like in a box, but I swear he's coming out of Philly, and I swear he looks just like Jalen Hurts, <laughs> and then that that's a good Harrisburg team, right? And the efficiency with which he did some things against them, uh, he, I, I really think he could be a big time quarterback for somebody. Like I, I really think he's in the Jalen. I mean, he could be the next Jalen Hurts. I think he is that again. He's surrounded by really good guys, but still to to go that to to become that noticed on a team filled filled with FBS guys. Um, says a lot, and it, and it's not just about your skill. It says a lot about your character when guys are when when you're the one they notice first um, on that football team because you know you've got <laughs> Trotter, Josiah Trotter sitting there on the other side, Anthony Saka. I mean, both of those guys are gonna you know well Trotter's West Virginia bound for West Virginia, but of course you know Saka is gonna be wherever he wants to go. He's he can go. Um, Ogard, their other linebacker has been tremendous. You can go on and on with St. Joe's prep because they've got sophomores there that are, you know, already got 10, 12 offers. So, um, so yeah, Samaj is just an impressive football player. The neat thing about him up is, is like, again, the skill sets are so summer. He, he can, the first run of the, the first play of the game was a run straight at the middle, 70 something yards. Yep. He's, he can run, he can run over guys. He can run away from them. And he's definitely got the arm. And the neat thing about him, and and I don't think he's anywhere near scratched the surface of his true potential. You know, Ed O'Brien, who we know, who who runs the All-State Preps camp, this kid was coming to his camp like two years ago, and he wasn't the best guy there, you know. And um, he's really, really had a nice trajectory. Like, I don't think he passed for a whole ton of yards last year when he ended up losing in the state title game. Um You've really seen that development, I think, as a passer from him. Things are starting to look easy to him. He's got another year to go. I mean, I, I think St. Joe's Prep wins it again, but I, I'm just so impressed with that kid. So that's why I voted for him. But it is a really good group that you just talked about there. Uh, I think the only ones we didn't cover up is 2A. Mm-hmm. And there are some really nice players in 2A, and I don't know who all made it and stuff like that. And uh, But, I mean, I look at guys, you know, uh, Chris Brookins, I think, you know, is a guy who I've been impressed with, and I don't know if he'll make Field Valley, but he's going to Pitt as the defensive back too. He had a heck of a year. And who are some of these other? Who are some of these guys though that were in the mix uh, that, that that popped out at you as you looked at some of these votes coming in and stuff like that? Well, Cruz is definitely one of them. 
you, you mentioned him right off the right off the jump there. He, he's a guy that's been uh, has been in a discussion. There's votes pouring in for him. Uh, Keyshawn Marcillo, uh, the quarterback for Westinghouse, which was you know really one of the best stories of 2022. Uh, getting Westinghouse, uh, you know, a, a Pittsburgh inner or Pittsburgh City League school um, into the championship game, first time in 25 years, 26 years, something like that. Uh, Marsili was the pilot for them. Um, there's both coming in on him. And of course, Braden Wislowski, the running back for Southern Columbia, who's just, just tremendous. I mean, he, he's just a tremendous running back. You know about his speed, but his toughness too. Uh, you know, he had to carry the load uh, for about three, four weeks when Wes Barnes, who was who's his you know backfield partner, um, went out with an injury, and um, and that was just about the time that they were like they figured it out. You know, they they had a couple rough patches there. Uh, Barnes was out for two of their losses that they they lost back to back. I believe it was to Loyal Sock and Mount Carmel, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, you know, they had three, three losses during the regular season, which is, I, I can't even imagine when the last time that happened under Jim Roth, if it's happened. Um, but they just sort of had, had lost a little bit of their steam, but Wislowski was, was the X factor, um, you know, was the one constant. So he's getting a lot of votes, uh, for player of the year. And then you've got the reigning player of the year, which is Carson Keyswider from, uh, from Bishop Guilfoyle who does a little bit of everything for them. I mean, obviously, he was a quarterback, running back. He played wide out at times. He's a defensive back. Um, hell, he may even return kicks. I, I don't know. But um, he's a tremendous athlete, a tremendous two-way guy. So those are, those are the type of guys. Other than Marcillo, Marcillo from Westinghouse, um, you know, all these guys are two-way, really two-way aces uh, for their club. So I thought it was sort of a neat ballot in that, like you said, you have Marcillo who – who really had a great year and, and helped put Westinghouse on the map there. But you have a bunch of guys, too. A lot of these names you read off are guys who've been doing it three, four years. You know, they there's some vets in this game here who've been, you know, you didn't even talk about, like, Lakota Dupree, I think, is, is out yeah. there. I mean, that kid signed with Charlotte. Yep, I had him uh, in our prospect rankings as a defensive end, and I think he had, like, 12 sacks or something, but he caught, like, 62 passes as a tight end, too. Another guy who can do it both ways and, and did it big. And, you know, some of these guys, you know, if he was playing, if Lakota Dupree was playing like at Central Catholic or somewhere like that, everybody right. in the state would know his name. He's out at Lakeland and everybody should know his name anyway. So, you know, I don't know. Again, I don't know how the votes turn out, but maybe that happens for him in this all state voting. But I think we've, we've checked a lot of these boxes here and just talked about some of the guys and the whole process. And, uh, I think, you know, I, I really like this time of the year, Ep. I like to go back, and, and it's almost like, you know, you, you look at what everybody did. It's, to me, it's fun to look at that, see what everybody thinks about these guys and, and, and how it all came out, and, and then to kind of give the kids recognition. It's always just a fun time of year for me. You know, I really kind of I kind of geek out over these. I, I, bet, I bet I was the first one to get the ballot back into you. You were the first, and which, is, which is crazy because – uh, God bless uh, Chris Massey from William, from Williamsport in the Sun Gazette is typically the first one in with not only nominations, but votes like he 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 is really on the ball. As soon as he gets the ballots, he goes after him, reads every bio, this and that, because that's part of the ballots. The ballots have a bio 
on every nomination. So you're talking about 3A. To go through the ballot in 3A, you need to set a, set aside some time. You know, if you're going to read, you got to read about these kids and what they did and the statistics and maybe where they're going to, if they're undecided, uh, where they're going to sign on signing day. You know, these, these, there's 100, 125 word bios on every single nomination. So that's what makes it unique too. It's not just names on the list, you know, because you want to present, because for that very reason, for those guys that maybe don't see a ton of 4A football, you want to read about what Stone Saunders did as a, as a whole package, not just what you saw on PCN or at Cumberland Valley on the championship day. You know, you want to read about these kids and maybe what their career numbers were. Those are included in bios and things like that. So that's what makes the process long. But in the end, it's really, really worth it. And everybody gets to know these kids a little bit better. And uh, so they can make an informed decision on, on who they think should be on the team. Yeah. So – when this comes out, the teams will be up. Everybody, make sure you go to Penn Live. Check out what we got there. Check out the Riders All State teams Thursday, Friday. Uh, we'll have three up on what three are coming up on Thursday? We'll have class one A, two A, and three A. We'll be up on Thursday, 10 o'clock, noon, and 2 p.m. And then on Friday, we'll do four, five, and six, same times. And uh, we'll be raring to go. And we'll get uh, we'll get some stories out there. We'll get the all state teams out there. And um, everybody can start digging in then. Check those out. We did the all mid-pen all-stars. Uh, we have the all-PA team, which is a regardless of classification thing. Plenty of football names to know, capsules, bios, all that good stuff. If you made the Writers All-State team, congrats to you. It's a great honor. If you didn't, hey, I'm sure there's guys that probably played in the NFL who didn't make the Writers All-State team at some point. So just go out and get it. And, uh, and whatnot. But again, to the kids who made it, congratulations. May any of these teams, congratulations. And Ep, uh, we still got some signing stuff to work on. You know, we got another signing day coming up in February. We say at PennLive.com, football season never ends. That's right. You know, they, they come to me and they ask me about doing some stuff, I think, around um, state championships. And they said, uh, you know, as far as like promoting PennLive some, and they said, but football season, you know, it's going to end in state championships. I said football season never ends on Penn Live. It does not end. You know, never. and it never, it really doesn't because we're, we're still building towards February the 1st. Yep. And right after that, we get into spring and summer, and it all kind of flows together. And before you know it, we'll be talking about kickoff next year. But check out these teams. Yep. Anything else to add? I don't think so. I think we covered a good, we covered most of it, soup to nuts. Uh, we just look forward now to, I'll be finalizing them in the next couple of hours, and um, we'll get them up there on penlive.com. Uh, what are you doing for New Year's last time? Nothing. Nothing. I'll watch some football. That's it. Yeah. Might as well. Got to keep the football train running. You're doing what, you're doing what I'm doing. I'm going <laughs> to exactly. stay at home with the wife and eat a burger. and. That's right. Watch some football, and I might even place a wager. and, and <laughs> Wager responsibly. Yeah, this time last year uh, – the Buffalo Bills collapse against the Chiefs in the playoffs really cost me, but oh, that's know, not good. thirty seconds to go. Oh, it's always yeah. by the hook. Beware the hook, Brian. Penlive.com, check us out. Megan's waiting for me to close it out. Uh, next week, we'll talk to you next week, folks.
The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash Central PA Sports Med to learn more.